Okay, so this is for all of my single over 30 people. Is anybody else just over this hookup culture? I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm online. I'm trying all these things. But like, what happened to romance? What happened to, you know, a little bit of chivalry? Whatever happened to all of the nice things that men used to do instead of everyone asking us, what are you doing? Can I come through? Is there any real men out there at all? I don't know. Help me out. What's the best thing about being a woman? Probably having kids. Definitely having an ass. <laughs> you grab your boob and you like, you calm down. It's like stress relieving. Yeah. I feel like if a cop like pulls you over or pulls you up or something, then you can just like cry and look pretty. And I think the best thing about being a woman is that pussy is globally accepted as a form of payment. Wow. Dad, what are you doing? Playing the ring game? That he made, which is okay with me. Because he could definitely be fucking bitches right now. And he's playing a ring game in the kitchen. Leave my man. You know, one thing I could never relate to is how people enter relationships because they feel like the person has potential. They're going to be working their way up and being big one day. Let me tell you one thing about me. I ain't no damn ride or die. Oh, no. If you're working your way up, let me know when you make it. Okay? Because I'm not trying to struggle with somebody and go through the mud. I'll meet you at the end. Let's, let's exchange numbers when you're the CEO. Okay? Potential? And all of that. My heart, yani, it just vibes with what's happening now, you know? Potential, but I'll off. What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. This is the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. Back with another important show right here. All right, we are in a new age and we're in a new world in here. And I can't play my sound effect because they have now targeted me for using that sound effect. All right, so we can't play the NWO sound effect anymore. Anyway, I'm going to come up with a new one. I'm going to bring the George Bush New World Order. Anyway, man, check this out, man. This is going to be a very important conversation because I have to give a little bit of um, context back to some of the ideas that we have in our changing world. A lot of us are listening to new age philosophers, meaning men that haven't really lived a lot of life. And a lot of these men are posing as very smart and intelligent men, but they're leaving out very, very important points in relationship to history. See, this is what happens when we allow weak men to lead us, all right, aka the baby boomers. We're going into baby boomers again. A lot of us uh, have been led by feminists 
more or less in our society. A lot of us have been raised by single mothers. Let's not forget that 40 percent, 40 something, almost 50 percent of children born today are born to single mothers. And listen, not that you're a bad person because you're a single mother. It is if you're pushing men out here that are not being raised by strong men, a lot of us will lose our history. We'll lose our perspective as a man. We'll lose our leadership ability. And a lot of us will be mother's boys, a.k.a. son husbands. And we will have no sense of what history or the meaning of things means. All right. So a lot of us, no two parent household, no stable household. All right. Single motherhood or weak parentage. All right. This stems from the baby boomer culture out here. Uh, coming out here and, and them being basically going through a spectrum of changes as men themselves, right? Uh, the baby boomer culture is basically going to be the culture of the coolie high, all right? Harmon harmonizing, singing outside, trying to get their woman, all right? How do I? You know, all of this stuff. I can't even think. So we take our memories. Oh, baby boomer ass people. All right. So anyway, I, I think the baby boomers definitely did lead us astray. <laughs> they definitely did lead us astray because they didn't really know the real true definition of men. A lot of them were rebels. They were part of the hippie culture, if not the hippie culture, the soul culture. A lot of them were bamboozled, hoodwinked. And a lot of us, as a result, are the direct descendants from this lineage of men. All right. And so anyway, man, we got to get into this show. This is going to be an important show. Faking marriage equals real prostitution uh essentially there's going to be a line that i'm going to unblur for you guys as a man that is i'm an old soul i'm a generation xer i'm a gen eight xer i know i look old you know with the gray beard you know that's just my wisdom kicking in all right i'm an old sage old soul um even an older soul than a baby boomer type of guy you know i'm an old silent generation type of guy in my spirit I've been sent here by the Lord to give you understanding of women. Okay. And this understanding is what's allowing you or this lack of understanding is allowing men to basically be deceived on what they're taking part of. There's a lot of mass confusion going on with men today because they don't know their place in the world. All right. They don't know their place in the world. They're constantly being told that whatever you can do, women can replicate it because everything is easy, right? You just punch keys and everything's easy. Until men start dropping out and then they change the narrative, right? So, or the barbarian arrives at the gate. So I'm just giving you some understanding of women. Now, this isn't a negative light. It's not shining a negative light on women. I don't want to do that today. I don't want to do that on any day. I just want men to understand what they're getting into because a lot of you guys are, are taking, you have a one-dimensional view of women. Let's just say it like that. You have a one-dimensional view of women. You think that this person is going to be your one source of everything. She's going to be your best friend, your homie, lover, friend. She's going to be by your side. She's going to have your back. She's not going to have any other interest other than you. She wants to get into a relationship with you to be down for you, hurt your down-ass chick. You think she's going to be your ride or die. You think that this is the only thing she wants in the world, although it is an important thing. She has other things that she wants in the world. Okay, we have a pie chart view of women. All right. And this is what I'm trying to tell. I'm trying to educate men and I'm educating women alike on what they have. And let me show you my graph here. We have a pie chart shape uh, view of women. It's very one dimensional. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll take a group of women and then we'll put them in one of these pie charts in one of these charts here. And you'll put them in here and you'll say, okay, this woman is that. And, and this woman is this. And, and this woman is that. And forever, in your mind, she's going to be in one of these slots. She's going to be one pieces of the pie. Now, 
we learn from people like Aisha Curry, okay, that they can be on a on a spectrum, all right? They can be a very a variety of women. We often know that women are tend to be bipolar in our country, diagnosed as bi bipolar. So at any particular point of her life, she can be any one of these pieces of pie, okay? And she can have a piece of pie in between her legs. We love, we love sweet potato pie. We love pumpkin pie. All right, and so what I'm trying to get men to understand is that women function on a spectrum. They function on a spectrum. At any point of her life, she can be any pieces of the pie. At any point of her life, she can return back to a piece of the pie. In these streets. Okay. And what guys have to understand is they have to have a more three, four-dimensional view of what women really are. They're not one type of woman over here, and then they'll forever be that woman. They're going to kind of understand. They're kind of trying to learn who they are. All right. They're trying to learn who they are. Once, you know, a, a young lady could be in her teenage years, and we'll talk about the word teenager, which is a new modern view of young adults, all right? And we've been skewed and think teenagers are children. I'm going to disprove that. I've been trying to disprove that for a long time, all right? But we're going to educate you today. In her teenage years, she's one type of woman. When she goes into her 20s, she's going to be on another part of the spectrum. She'll be another piece of a pie, and this is totally fine. Now, in the past times, um, the the lines were less blurred, all right? So if she chose to go a certain route, she was forever that route. And she would basically damage her potential to do anything in the future. So you're one thing over here, you'll never be seen as something else, all right? Or it'll be difficult for her to exchange whatever piece of the pie she wants to be. But in today's world, there's a blurred line. Um, By the time she's in her mid-20s, she's another person, okay? She's on another part of the spectrum. By the time she's somewhere in her 30s, she's in another point of the spectrum. Now, there were times that if she hits her 30s, she would be considered leftover, old maid, spinster. There were a lot of terms that were given to women because they waited a certain time or they, they couldn't figure out who they wanted to be or there weren't that many options of what she could be. And so by the time she hit that point, then guess what? She was kind of pigeonholed herself into another piece of the pie, but that's not so anymore. Now you can... 30 is pretty young. It's seen as relatively young, which is a mistake in our culture. Okay. I think it's a mistake for men and women to think they're young at 30. All right. But um, in 30, 35, 40, she can still change up until 50 and 60. Women can still change. All right. And so they're part of this spectrum in which they go back and forth based on where the wind blows or based on where the, where the best monetization of her spectrum is going to be. Where is it going to be best in terms of attention? Where is it going to be best in terms of money? Now, what men do, again, is we compartmentalize that. Wherever she is, we will basically give her a unit of measurement. We will say, well, at this point, um, if you deal with her at this point, then you're a this. Then we'll categorize the men. You're a trick. You're a husband. You're a pump and dumper. Then we start dicing it up for men, too. All right. But what I'm going to tell you is all of this globally, all of these interactions are all under the same interaction all of this is under the same form and i've been trying to trying to break this down I, I know people don't get it because you've been early educated by baby boomers and single mothers so <laughs> you your early education and indoctrination into life and many of you have been educated wrongly by religion as well you've been misled and i'm going to show you with history i'm going to i'm going to show you I, I i basically i know people think that i'm trying to get you out here to to buy peace leave for money. I'm not trying to get you to do that. What I'm trying to tell you is you men who have been educated by weak men 
or the absence of men by controlling single mothers, manipulative single mothers, and by false religion and false prophets. You guys have been educated completely wrong. Most of your education, if you're uh, uh, from the Martin Luther King community, has come from rap music, false prophets in the community with a church on every corner, gangbangers and pimps, all right? No strong men, manipulative single mothers. Go ahead and throw them in there, all right? That's where your education is. And by public school indoctrination camps, most that's where most of your context has come from in media, movies. Listen. I will hear people try to make a point, and these are people who, in the absence of fathers, in the presence of false prophets, in the presence of strong single mothers, I will hear people try to make a point, and they inevitably will use a movie, a fictional piece of writing, a fictional piece of entertainment. They will use a movie to prove their point. They will use an R&B song to prove their point. They will use an artist who probably has been snorting coke and is, is, is parroting lines written by someone else. They will use that artist's piece of fictional work to prove the point. And this tells me you have no education. You don't have an understanding of the real world. You are using fiction to push your point forward. Now, not now that let's go outside of the Martin Luther King community. The same thing applies. We still have the same problem. Most of your education has come from media, MTV, if you're uh, advanced my age, social media, which you're only seeing a glimpse, a small glimpse, 30 to 60 seconds of information in which you digest and you can't even use your attention span to actually get something and edify yourself longer than 30 to 60 seconds. And then you will make judgments on a 30 to 60, 60 second clip. And then you will use that to make your point. Instead of finding the real information. Okay, so I'm going to bust up a couple of concepts today that you think in your poorly educated derived mind and your lack of ability to go out and seek the answers for yourself, especially men, because men don't read. Okay. Um, and they don't research. They basically just operate off of what? Feelings of women. Okay, I'm going to show you and bust up some concepts that you guys think is separate but they're all the same. And I've done this before in a video called Dating is Linked to Prostitution. <laughs> Dating is Linked to Prostitution. And I, and I spelled it out with real data, real factual information, and I showed you how dating and prostitution were directly linked. And I'm going to show you, again, how marriage and prostitution almost are directly linked by how modern dating is more like prostitution than you would believe then you would be led to believe, but you don't know this because you haven't seen it, all right? You haven't seen it. You haven't got the information out. Look, let me let me uh, do the Super Chats early in the morning. Today, this is going to be one of those episodes. Again, I'm going to, listen, I prove my point all the time, and I know you guys have been raised on too short, Aunt Bates, false pimp culture. You never even broke the book open of Iceberg Slim, but you all think you're pimps. And you all think you know how prostitution works and you have no idea. You don't realize that pimps actually sleep with their prostitutes. Mm. What does that make them? Okay. What does that make them? A woman that sold herself over and over times, eight times a day, five, six, seven days a week. And, and these guys sleep with these women. So uh, you guys have been uh, brought up on the false image of these 
so-called masculine imageries and, and how these men are able to conquer these women and make them do things. All right. But but you don't realize that these people are double dipping, that these people are actually using the same people that live on this spectrum. OK, you guys have been raised on the wrong people, the wrong men. And it's unfortunate. This is how our society is. It's about to get real. It's about to get real. It's about to get real today. All right. Anyway, Octavius Baker is in the house. Shout out to you. Uh-huh. Uh, what uh is he the first one? He is the first one. Shout out to you. I got my coffee, brother. Thank you for the coffee. Raul said, shout out to the coach gang. And shout out to Sizzle and rest in peace to T Mon who got shot on his birthday. And shout out to Chris Rock that follows Coach on IG. All right. Shout out to you. Yep. And somebody says, J Man says, and the pimp usually marries his bottom biop at the end. So what did that make him? And a lot of us have pedestalized and, and used these imageries to act like this person has it all figured out. And then eventually you'll find out he married his last prostitute and he just rolled off to the sunset many, many times broke, drugged out sometimes with major problems, no money saved. Man, I'm telling you, man, I, I do want to give you an understanding of how this works. Synopsis Jones, coach preaching to the church of free agent saints. And I've been at the junior colleges, Liddy. Yes, indeed. Clarence Gaston, what's up, coach? Going forward, if any man gets divorced, great, the kingdom come. He's not a victim, but a volunteer. Shout out to the coach gang and all the snow bunnies at Brigham Young University. Yes. Yeah, man, the information is out there. I've often said, if you guys get divorced now, it's you volunteer for this. There's no more secrets of how this works. You are, yes, a trick. Okay. Yes, you are a trick. Where are we at? Christopher Serdak says marriage is prostitution on lease. He says rather uh, than an hourly or daily rental. Either way, it'll end. It'll end and your payment will come due. So, yeah, you can put the money down. You can put the money down. You can pay cash up front or you can literally lease it. That's what marriage is. I mean, it, that's what marriage is. It's undeniable what it is. There's a short-term game and a long-term game. It's all the same. It all ends the same. And guys, if you if you are a guy that says, well, not me, my marriage lasted. Well, that means you basically had a lease with an option to buy. And you plunk down the full payment for the entire product. You know, at the end of a lease, you can buy the car outright. You can buy whatever you're leasing outright if you have a lease with an option to buy. So you bought outright. And not only that, you actually gave up what you were here to do. You basically, you know, I know, I, I, listen, take away the religion or the spirituality of the thing. I mean, you basically gave up your ability to uh, fornicate with any other woman. I mean, that's a major L. I mean, because I know you wanted to do it. <laughs> listen, I know you wanted to do it. You can't tell me there wasn't a time where you said, ooh, I wish I could go balls deep in that. You know, there was it. Let me put the disclaimer up because a lot of the lukewarm Christians are going to get mad, you know. <laughs> and you were miserable all the time at the end. You know what I mean? You know, we talked about that yesterday. The married people, get them to kiss. Get two married people that have been married over 18 years to kiss. They do this all the time at sports events. They do the kissing cam and they'll put the camera on an old ass couple and they sit in there and then the kissing cam will come up and everybody will like kiss her. They looking at each other. He don't want to kiss her. She don't want to kiss him. They like brothers and sisters now. They like kiss. And then they plant their little. 
it was the most lackluster kiss. They don't even turn their head. They just kind of just bump noses. Ah, kiss. All right. Kiss my wife? Hell no. Amari says, Coach, Google NFL new rule about hiring minorities or women or minorities as assistant coaches 2022 as a requirement, virtue signaling and pandering at an all-time high. I actually am going to do a video on my sports channel about this. It's despicable. Not only that, um, uh, this is another example of the community getting bamboozled. Uh, I believe the um, lawsuit by the football coach, I believe his first name is Brian. Again, I always lose names really quickly. Um, um, the former Miami Dolphin. I mean, he pushed forward the NFL hiring black coaches. Again, this is the community getting bamboozled, hoodwinked, and swindled again. How did minorities and women get in there? Okay, number one. That, that's number one. Brian Flores. How in the world? Okay, so he pushed forward a lawsuit for more opportunities for black men to coach since the majority of the league is black men. How did women and minorities get in, in, in the list? Now, I know they're pushing for more women. <laughs> Again, this is an example of you uh, pushing this victim narrative and you getting abused by it because what you intended, black Brian Flores, and anyone who's been pushing for more black head coaches, because they're rightfully should be, because the majority of the football players that are playing are. But now there's going to be other people who take advantage of the new rules that you pushed in. And I always tell you, anytime you ask for something and they give it to you, they never say black people specifically. They always say minority and women, and they'll, they'll include everybody's ass, and you'll be victimized by the rule. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Dumb. Yeah, I mean, guys, I mean, it's, it happens so many times. I don't know why you just don't take control over your own life. You got to always beg for your position, and then all of a sudden, there'll be a female head coach way before there'll be the majority of teams having black head coaches. Just ridiculous. Anyway. Richard Johns is in the building and Joshua Frazier is here. Shout out to you. Get the likes up. Do me a favor. Get the likes up for this information. You're only going to hear this information here. Okay. Because I am basically, you know, I, I can play the devil's advocate. I can play the devil's advocate, uh, but I'm going to give you some information that the world's not going to give you. First of all, let me dispel this myth because I'm really am frustrated with society as to how we allow people to trick away their thirties, their twenties. They're 20. So we're talking about tricking away. We basically allow people to waste time because we see them as young. All right. We will always throw this word around young. And this person is a kid and he's a child and you're so young. And I was young and dumb. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. All right. Because this is the first time in probably history that people in late in their late teens, early 20s, late 20s and early 30s are considered young. All right. And by any definition of any time, you are old as hell. All right, you're probably going to die in 20 years after your 30s. All right, so this idea that people are young is actually hurting people. You're not young. We are young. Heartache to heartache. We stand. All right, so let me give you this one right here. Check this out. Most people don't know this, and I've been trying to hammer this point home. Actually, when I, I, got, on my, um, I got on my main channel, I think I put, not on my main channel, on the CGA Blue Chip Mindset channel, let me go ahead and pull this video uh, title up just so you can see what's going on over here. Ah, uh, here it is. I did make a video. All right, so I have a Blue Chip Mindset channel, which are getting more vlogs. It's not me here in the studio. 
And I have a video called Tricking Off Your 20s and 30s. Can't make up for lost time. Okay. So this is the idea that I'm having here. A lot of you guys think you guys got time on top of time on top of time to figure this out and learn. A lot of men are living with their mothers until their mid-20s and late, uh, late 20s. All right. A lot of you guys still think you're young. You're not young. Okay. You're not young. Your ass need to get it together. And here's the funny thing about it. Watch this. I've been telling you that teenagers are not children. Teenagers are young adults, and they've been always seeing young adults. Okay? But in our age, in our mind, we think they're young. We think they're kids. Here's the thing. 50 years, who invented the term teenager? Now, I'm just taking these things here. You can go in a little bit deeper. The origin of teenager. During the 1944, Americans started to use the word teenager. It hasn't even been 100 years since we used the word teenagers. This is a new concept that has basically been crippling society ever since. During 1944, Americans started to use the word teenager to describe the place of youth in society. From the very beginning, beginning, it was a marketing term that recognized the spending power of adolescence. It was a marketing term that recognized the, um, the, the, recognized the spending power of adolescence. Going further, who invented the term teenager? 50 years ago, the word teenager was used for the first time, coined by Bill Haley in the Commons during a UK tour in February 1957. Where did the term teenager originate? Although the word teenager did not come into use decades later, the teenage mindset dawned in the 1920s. This is a very new concept. These young women probably raised the eyebrows a number of uh, blah, blah, blah. Let me give you another piece of example. And I've used this as an example of what people have done normally with teenagers in their culture, 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 culture. Our American culture is very weak. In traditional Jewish bar mitzvah, for example, adulthood, early adulthood occurs at 13. There's some societies that have sweet, uh, sorry, um, um, sweet 16s. In the Latino culture or the Mexican culture, it is 15 for young women. And then it says the invention, quote, invention of teenager occurred when universal education, universal education was extended to age, I'm sorry, was extended to age eight, uh, 16. And then increasingly to age 18, society needed to, a new category to cover the interregnum, all right, I'm sorry, uh, between childhood on one hand and work and marriage on the other. So we've been pushing the age of adulthood Further, further, and continuing here. Here's another one. Teenagers were considered as adults. And honestly, there still are in some parts of the world. I've been to rural areas where people can work and get married soon as they pass puberty. All right, so now what's happening here is because society is becoming a little bit more complicated. We've pushed younghood, young, young, stupid people to go all the way until 16, 18, 20, 22, 25, 27. And this has led to people just being stagnant and non-producers. So here's the video that I actually put out. Oh, I actually already mentioned this already. Tricking off your 20s and 30s, wasting time that you can't get back. And this idea that you're young is stupid. It's not. And this is why you guys need to wake up. I'm trying to wake up young people. You guys need to get it together, seriously. Because you guys think you got time on top of time. This is the time where you build and become who you are. You used to be have to fight in wars at 14, 15, and 16. You used to have to work in industry 
at 15. In the Industrial Revolution, there was no distinguishing between a 13-year-old and a 30-year-old worker. You were both working. You were both working. And you were both required to be productive. But today, 15, 19, 20, 26, 30, 38. You guys read in your books, King Tut was only 14. Yes, because at that age, you were not a child. In our culture today in America, you're a child. No, you're a young adult and people distinguish you as such. So I'm trying to wake people up to concepts that you have been learned because you have weak parentage, weak lineage, no men, no masculine men. You have a lot of single mothers raising children, unfortunately. And now you think you're still a child. And this is an example of concepts that you've learned that are basically new concepts that you've been programmed to accept. Just like this idea of marriage and, and prostitution and tricking and all that stuff, you think it's different. And it's exactly the same game. Let me go ahead and show you some um, uh, information here. I just wanted to show you as an idea. Here we go. The definition of trick. Let's hear it. Trick. Say it again, lady. Trick. One more time, lady. Trick. What is a trick? It says here, here's the definition, the basic definition of a trick, a cunning or skillful act or scheme intended to deceive or outwit someone. That is the basic definition of a trick. Trick. Say it again. Trick. You sound so sexy. Trick. A cunning or skillful act or scheme intended to deceive or outwit someone. So, Here's Dr. Dre. We use him as an example because he's an extreme example of what could happen in a marriage if you go too far with the marriage and it doesn't work out. In this situation, Dr. Dre finalizes divorce with ex-wife for $100 million. Now, I can tell you he probably hasn't had $100 million worth of sex or the sex that he had in his 24-year marriage probably was not worth $100 million, although Due to the fact that he got married in our current marital system, I would say by the base definition of trick, a cunning or skillful act or scheme intended to deceive or outwit someone, Dr. Dre was definitely trick. He definitely was a trick. He definitely sounds like a trick. This act sounds basically like a trick. At the end, it all boiled down to payment at the end. There was a blank check written at the beginning of the act that he did not have to plunk down money, but at the end of the act, guess what happened? Trick. He became a? Trick. Am I wrong? Trick. Am I wrong? Nope. What was he a? Trick. Yes, based on the definition. Now I know we're gonna take it to the street because you guys have been trained in the artful deception of hip hop. Basically been learning all of your messages from Too Short and fake pimps uh, banging on wax here. Here we go. Let's look at the slang term of trick. Slang term used for an activity of prostitution. Okay, we're not really clear. We already distinguished that Dr. Dre has paid for an interaction for a woman. Anybody that has got involved in a marriage has paid for an interaction with women. Hold on tight. I'm going to get to you guys who pump and dump and only date. We're going to get to you in a second. But it says here, trick. Say it again, lady. Trick. It says customer who purchases the man or woman for sexual purposes in exchange for money. This is not 
what we are done. We, we haven't done this here. We haven't done this here. He literally was in a marriage in which he was the only sexual means to his or only means to his sexual uh, completion. That didn't happen. Trick. All right. It says right here, the customer is also known as also known as Buddy. Buddy? Buddy? Did you say Buddy? You mean a friend? The customer is also known as Buddy. But you, buddy mean you mean pal? You mean friend? You mean friends with benefits? <laughs> John or date or date or date or date trick date trick date trick So in this particular situation we have now brought in Date. Trick. Date. Trick. <laughs> Let's go to dating. Let's go to dating. We're going to skip to this part right here. The fascinating history of how courtship became dating. I'm going to scroll down here. And I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this before. And I'm trying to get you to understand that you guys look at, I know you just came into the show. This is how men falsely identify women in relationships. They look at everything as one dimensional. They look at women as one dimensional. You guys will look at a woman or a man and you will put them right into one of these pieces. And then you will say, because I'm not one of these pieces, I'm a better person. This is what you'll do. So you'll say, there's a, there's, a, there's a so-called red pill guy in here. And he'll say, well, you're justifying prostitution. And I'm literally saying, no, I'm actually pointing out that you can be in a prostitutionary act legally. And to get the same result as people who are so-called not in a process, you're doing the same thing. But in your mind, because you want to compartmentalize everything, you think you're doing better. Not only do you think you're doing better, you think you have a group of women that have never been prostitutes. You think you are with a group of women that have never uh, had fun outside of the marriage. You think you're with a group of women that never have run in a car carousel. You think you are doing it better and you're actually doing it with the same people and you're doing it just like everybody else. You're actually in the end game paying transactionally for sex. You're doing the same thing. But I love men. <laughs> I love men. You think you're different, but you're doing the same thing. You think your wife is different. You think your girl is different. You think she has never been on a carousel. You think she is never taking money for transactionally sex. You think you married a good Christian woman. And then you'll find out later just like that surgeon found out that his wife was what? A prostitute. Well, what does that make him? Is he a trick? Is he a husband? What does that make him? You guys got to open your mind. You guys got to open your mind. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. This is the whole point of this sphere. Isn't this the whole point of the sphere? Open your mind. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, was the guy a pimp? Was the husband a pimp whose work, wife worked as a prostitute and he found out later? Was he a pimp? 
Was he a husband or was he a trick? Is a pimp a pimp or a trick? Because a pimp will sleep with his prostitutes. I brought that up. What does that make him? Well, he's not paying for his prostitutes, so he's different. Boy, that's where you messed up. That's where you literally messed up. Okay, so the same person he's participating in acts with that he has dominion over, that he makes goes out and earn money for with other men, he's better because he doesn't pay her. That would make him a cuck in most spheres. But no, y'all see him as the man. Oh, he's the man. See, you guys are looking everything one-dimensionally. Everything doesn't work like that, guys. You're not better. The girl's not better. Nobody's better. Everybody's on the spectrum. Everybody's in a spectrum. Meaning we're all participating in the same act, the same transaction. You're no better. You're no worse. But when you don't realize that you're worse, that's when you're worse. See, you think you're better, but you're actually just like everybody else. <laughs> right? That's what, that's what I want you all men to understand today. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm saying you're all the same. We're all the same. Going back here. Going back here with this education, continuing on here. I'm going to show you something. Because I'm not better than you. I'm not better. It says right here. It says the word date was coined inadvertently, it seems, by George Addy, economist for Chicago Record in 18 and what? 96. And it talks about this. Actually, I want to skip back here. As with concepts like teenager and middle class, dating is a historically recent invention. Uh-oh. Dating is a historically recent invention. Once again, you guys have been hoodwinking bamboozled with new concepts that you think have been around for a long time. For example, you think all of these ideas that this woman has talked about, remember I tell you, what happened to dating? What happened to romance? You guys think these are new concepts. I mean, old concepts. These are relatively new concepts. Romance, dating, and fantasy. These are new concepts that you learned via false prophets, that you learned via media. They didn't exist not even 100 years ago. Dating did not even exist more than 100 years ago. This is a new concept. So the idea that you can meet a stranger, take the stranger out, is new. It is not old. It is not tradition. This is new. And I'm going to show you how dating was closely linked and people had seen it in that time as prostitution. As with the concepts like teenager and middle class, dating is a historically recent invention spurned mostly by media and feminism. It says spurred by an influx of women into big cities seeking work, work around the turn of the 20th century. Work. It says here the word date was coined inadvertently, it seems, by George Addy, a columnist from Chicago Record, from the Chicago Record in 1896, in the column about working class lives. He told a clerk named Artie, whose girlfriend was losing interest in him. And beginning to see other men socially. Uh-oh. Other men socially. 
When Artie confronts his fading love, he says, quote, I suppose the other boys are filling all my dates. Dates. That's where the term date comes from. Very new. But when these single women strip from their dependency on fathers and husbands, uh-oh, there's another part, concept that is relatively new because they can be independent of fathers and husbands, begin to be courted in public, police, politicians, and civic leaders were alarmed. In the eyes of the authorities, Weigel, uh, Weigel writes, women who let men buy them food and drinks or gifts and entrance tickets look like whores. I'll read it again. I'll read it again. Because now you spectrum guys. I'm doing it differently. I meet women online and I take them out for coffee. I take them out for drinks. I take them. I'll read it again. In the eyes of the authorities, this is 1900, not barely 120 years ago, in which you think you're doing it differently and you're doing the exact same thing everybody else is doing. Weagle writes, women who let men buy them food and drinks or gifts and entrance tickets, amusement parks, Disneyland, concerts, you name it, looked like whores. And making a date seemed the same as turning a trick. Uh-oh. And making a date seemed the same as turning a trick. What did she say? Trick. She said what? Trick. She said what? Trick. Say it again. Trick. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Coach, you just justifying prostitution. Let's go back, sir. Let's go back. I'll read it again. I'll read it again for you guys that compartmentalize in everything, that live in one-dimensional worlds. I'll say it again. In the eyes of the authorities, women who let men buy them food and drinks or gifts and or entrance tickets look like whores and making a date seem the same as turning a trick. Turning a trick. Turning a trick. Give me my sound effect. Give me my sound effect. Oh, boy. I know. Times have changed, coach. Yeah, that's because you haven't learned. That's because you haven't learned from men. You haven't learned the ways of the old world. You're in this new world in which anything goes, which everything is in a spectrum. But you compartmentalize and think you're, 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 you're doing it traditionally. Or you think you're making up a new thing, pump and dump. That ain't new. You're all in the same boat. You're all in the same trick game. You're all in the same game. And I've been trying to prove this and prove it and prove it. Even to the levels of dating, it is seen as the same act and it was seen in the same act. Now, what did people go? What were people doing who weren't dating? We'll get to that in a minute. Let me do some super chats. I'm going to do some super chats. 
Somebody says times have changed. Times have changed. You know why? Because people haven't been educated. People actually have allowed things to go that weren't allowed to go before. You weren't allowed to do these things, and now we have allowed it. Does that make it different? I'm going to ask you, just because we allow it, does it make it different? Just because you change your thoughts on it, does that make it any different? Like, I changed my thoughts about paying outright. Does that make it different? Oh, it's not prostitution now. No, it's still prostitution. But just because marriage and your idea of marriage has changed, oh, it's not prostitution. And literally, it legally, the legal definition of it is prostitution in which you pay in the end. It's the same thing. Just because you don't think it doesn't mean it's not. Just because you think dating or pump and dump is not the same as prostitution doesn't mean that it's not prostitution. Trick. <laughs> it's all for sale. You're participating in the same game. So do as you may, but do not come out here and make yourself better than other men. I don't do that. I don't do that. See, I don't say these people are this and these people are that. I say you're playing the same game. You're playing the same game and you don't know it. And I just proved it. I proved it right here. I proved it right here. I mean, if that that's not enough proof, okay, stick, stick around. That's not enough proof. Stick around. I'm going to give you some more. All right? You know I come with more. Pause. Somebody said, but coach, the Lord said, oh, we're going to get to the Lord. We want to bring the church into it? You want to bring the church? You want to bring Christianity into it? Oh, man. Now you done messed up. <laughs> You've messed up now because I'm going to bring two Bible references in. And that's going to literally try to, we're going we're gonna to change your mindset just a little bit. Here we go. Richard Johns, Joshua Frazier here. The Lone Brown Wolf says a real man who, uh, a real man will wife up these pros out here. A real man. A real man. All right, shout out to the real men out here. Revy Bennett, I see a girl tagged her boyfriend in every post on Facebook while I have naked photos of her of her on my phone. It's a sick world. So according to our spectrum, that's an, that's an idea that a man could have another man's wife previously, and then this man over here says this woman is a wifely in the eyes of God this woman has never participated in anything else. In the eyes of your God, in the eyes of your definition, you're saying this is a wife. Well, she has not always been a wife. This guy had this other man's woman sexually. In past times, that woman would not be considered a wife. She would not be considered pure and virginous. She would disqualify herself as a wife. But in our times, we've changed the definition. And now because we changed it in our mind, you guys actually say, okay, no, that's fair. No, that's because you've been miseducated. That woman is not that man's wife or girlfriend or, or um, exclusive partner. She has a temporary exclusive relationships with multiple men, which makes her not a wife. <laughs> According to history. But because you changed your mind on it, because like everything else in our culture today, whatever's real is fake, whatever's fake is real, you think you're doing it a while. Well, 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 she's with me now. She's my wife. No, she ain't. She's been with other men and they have video evidence. They have pictures of her. They, other men have pictures of your wife. Come on. And you're paying for it. 
Wait, 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 wait. You're paying for this woman? You sound like a trick. Oh, I'm not paying for her. See, this is this is how you rationalize things, but I'm not paying for her. Trick. You're not? See, when you're married, you don't pay for your wife? Yes, you do. You're paying for her to be exclusive to only you. Trick. <laughs> Come on, man. The whole idea of a relationship in marriage is exclusivity, meaning sexual exclusivity, meaning you're paying for sexually exclusive acts with your girlfriend. Trick. <laughs> You're not paying for sexual exclusive. Okay. When you're in a relationship, you're not sexually exclusive. If you're not sexually exclusive, then we have a whole different, uh, we have a whole different definition. That means you're paying for her, ex her exclusivity and she can go out and give her sex away for free. Boy, let's define that. Where are we now? Where are we now? See, this is what happens when you open Pandora's box. Shout out to Raul. She says, coach, before marriage, uh, in most traditions, it was common for a dowry or a gift from the husband to the father-in-law for the bride. They are tricking. So, again, I, I go back to that. I actually was going to bring that up. In, in, in previous times, when there were a dowry or a bride price, a bride price sometimes in a dowry was paid from the father to give rights to his daughter or a husband or a potential suitor would pay for the rights to the bride. In that traditional form of marriage, what would that fall under? In that traditional form of marriage, what exactly would that fall under? I mean, that is direct payment. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. You guys will muddle everything up and call it all different. I got a good question here you didn't pay for. Somebody says, coach, are relationships only about sex? Okay. See, I know I have a lot of second graders in here. I don't, I don't mean that to, to mean you, to demean you, but we have class here. This is class. So you can be in second grade, eighth grade. You can be in college. You can be a professor and sit in this class. He asked, or she, coach, are, rela are relationships only about sex? Okay, class. Let me ask you this, and I'll ask you with a question. If you removed sex from the relationship, what do you have? I'll wait. If you removed the sex or the exclusivity from the relationship immediately, if you took it, off, okay, sorry, if you took it off the table and you said, we're going to proceed, but no rules regarding sex, meaning you can have sex with other people, you can, you cannot give me sex ever. What do you have? You have nothing. You have zero. Okay, so I ask you, you asked, he said you got a roommate. You don't have a relationship without the sex. That means the tying bond in all relationships is the sex. That's the tie-in. 
If you completely remove that, you have nothing. You have zero. So you answer the question by yourself. The sex is the relationship. They exclude in America. The sex exclusivity equals the relationship. If you remove it, you got absolutely nothing. So ask yourself, what is relationships about? It's on, the only tie-in is sex. That's the only tie-in. Immediately removing that removes the relationship. You got zero. Jack. It makes sense. I know you don't want to think of relationships like that. And you're going to pay her? You're going to pay her? You're going to house her, close her, feed her? You're going to pay portions of her rent? You're going to pay portions of her car? Note? You're going to take her out and get zero? You're going to get sex at the end or zero? You're going to get the illusion of sex? You're going to get the, uh, the, the opportunity of sex? You remove all of that? Are you going to do that still? The answer is no. So what are relationships about? Period. Somebody says, I will debate that. Okay. The same person wants to debate. This is where we are, guys. I mean, this is where we are. This guy's going to go into relationships without sex. Okay. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to debate that. I'm not going to debate that, bruh. I mean, I'm not even going to literally go there. I'm not, I don't have time for that. I have zero time for that. We're, we're really, really going now. <laughs> this is where you guys want to go with it. See, again, again, guys, this is where you guys want to go. This is how you got, you have a one-dimensional view. <laughs> you have a one-dimensional view of everything. Well, I do it differently. No, you don't. You don't do it differently. You do it exactly the same as everybody. All you do is change the frame of reference slightly. <laughs> you slightly change the reference slightly. Well, I'm dating her. Well, I have a friendship. Well, we're legally married. It all involves a transaction. All of it, even back to the traditional marriage, bride price, dowry. It involved a financial transaction. Plunk. <laughs> come on man it's all the same i don't look at you as different though so unless you want to pay for unless you want to be in relationship without sex then i go now that's dumb <laughs> all right here we go <laughs> he says uh where are we at here jeez i don't look at myself as better than other men but other men will look at me and try to say well this is where you are on the scale there's no scale you're all, we're all in the same activity. Here we go. Uh, shout out to uh, Simon Small. The Black Blur says, so coach, with the rise of polygamy, websites such as Seeking and now the male birth control pill planted by the NWO. He says, how will the subject society going forward? What is the average man supposed to do? Well, we're, this is where we are in society. The average man will be basically muted out until the point where uh, there's going to be problems with the, um, the, um, the uh, birth rate. Once the birth rate becomes problematic or if it becomes an issue, they're going to start paying men to get into some sort of interactions or they'll financially punish other men, a.k.a. bachelor tax. So the average guy is going to be kind of phased out of the selection process. And inadvertently, we're going to lower the birth rate as a result. OK, or we'll have more single mothers because they'll seek out sperm and they'll seek out sperm donors and then we'll have a dumbed down population of men, more weak men. But the average man is going to be phased out. We're already seeing that the last 15 or 20 years.
the average man's being phased out. And some women have a crazy uh, expectation of what type of man they should meet. Oftentimes they settle and some women don't settle at all. Or sometimes they have the, the seed outside of marriage. That's the second best option for them. Well, I didn't marry him, but I had his seed. That's what it's about, having a man's seed on their side. So the average guy is going to be phased until they start incentivizing marriage to the average man. When they start incentivizing marriage to the average man, then women will participate with the average man because there's going to be a financial benefit. But until then, polyamory, poly, uh, cock carousel is going to extend to 35 and 40, which is, which is a, a negative. When in past civilizations, as early as the 1900s, teenagers, which was a new concept, it didn't exist, young adults were be, being primed for marriage. All the way up until 21, 22 latest, young adults were young adults. Now everybody sees themselves as kid. Oh, I can trick off my 20s and 30s, and then I'll settle down. And that's you. ACDC coach, you're right again. There's a video on a dating coach saying insecure things over voicemail to a girl he cold approached, and she's exposing him. Dating coaches are fraudulent. Do not believe most things that come out of their mouths. All right, most things. Most of it is definitely a, um, a highlight video version of them in the dating minefield. All right, they have to admit that 97% of the, what they do equals fail and that they simp and that they pander and they waste an excessively amount of time, highly amount of time trying to secure these women, which is tricking. I mean, by definition, that would be tricking. All right, but they hide all that. They hide all that. They want to make you believe they just walk out there, cold approach a woman, and she comes and opens her legs. No. That's what they want to make you believe. All right, and they don't highlight the point that they waste hours on end with these women and sometimes get zero. They also spend money on these women inadvertently, indirectly, or directly. They're painting a picture that they just get these women to just open their legs. It's not true. It is not true. They trick just like everybody else to an extent. To an extent. It's a numbers game, but you got to participate with time and resources and money. But the whole point of the dating coach is to get you laid by any means. It's to get you laid by any means. All right. So they'll say, well, money is a part of it. Wait, 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 wait. Well, you do have to take out, you know, in the end, well, you got to spend time texting. In the end, you got to. So then they'll admit that there's part of this is a trick. Part of it is a trick. But they will indistinguish themselves from the tricks. They'll say, no, 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 but we don't do that. I'm exposing all of this and telling you you're all playing the same game. Don't believe guys that they just got pump and dump and they spend zero time. They just text the girl, come over, and then they just lay there, and then she just jumps all up and down on him like a pogo stick. That does not happen. If you're doing pump and dump, you're spending a lot of time babysitting these people. Mm. Babysitting. Babysitting is a job. Babysitting is a job. All right, period. Rusted junk sending tides towards the trademarking of the marriage will keep preaching this message. Men still need it. I went to a funeral recently of a guy who would uh who could have used this message. It never gets old. 
All right. Last one. Ladies love cool C. Giving these gumps that think XX has married them for them. The buzzer. Mm. No, nah, man. My wife chose me because I was the best man. Okay. Your wife chose you down the line. Did she choose you in her early young adulthood? Did she choose you in her middle young adulthood? Did she choose you in adulthood? Late adulthood. When did she choose you? Well, I married her when she was 36. And that's you. So she didn't choose you for you. I'm just letting you know. She was doing what during the time? She was living on the spectrum. During that time, she was a variety of, of human beings, meaning she was a good girl. She was a church girl. She was in these streets. In these streets. She sold a bit. She sell a bit. She bought a bit. She dated. She romanced. She prostituted. <laughs> so you married her not in her young adulthood. What woman was she? What woman is she? Somebody tell me. She was a good woman the whole time. <laughs> the whole time she was in the red over here. Good woman. And she was just missing on relationships. She just missed, 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 missed. And then she finally found you. And that's you. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, brother. Shout out to Joe Biden. Come on, man. Let's get back to this lesson. Trick. And, I'm, and I showed you, for the new people who are here, I showed you how dating is a new concept. What you're participating in. If you're online dating, you're participating in what historically was known as turning tricks. I'll read it again and I'll go on. In the eyes of the authorities, which were the people who led communities, women who let men buy them food and drinks or gifts or interest tickets to anything look like whores and making a date seem the same as turning a trick. It says here, after centuries of women's misfortunes being dictated by the men around them, the notion of women on their own gave much of society a pause. In Chicago, single women were known as women adrift. Now, courting used to be how people developed into relationships. The concept of dating really began at the turn of the 20th century prior to the late early 19 the late early 1900s. Courtship was a much more private, unemotional affair. Women would meet with several men with their parents present to whittle the pickings down to the more suitable match for marriage, which heavily relied on factors such as financial and social status. Wait a minute. Did you say financial? Trick. Financial? Trick. Financial? Trick. <laughs> financial. And social status. What looks what's bad? A money look status. Trick. Money look status. Trick. It says it right here. That's what courtship was, in which the family would say, "This person's the better financial suitor." Trick. This person has better money and social status. Trick. <laughs> and then they had the gentleman caller. All right, courtship versus dating, and so on for so on. Okay, Marilyn Monroe in the spectrum has been married. She was a wife at one particular point. She was also a pinup girl, a model. 
Most people don't realize model and, and prostitute are almost synonymous with each other. Many of them have just the same as actress. Actress and casting couch are almost universally known and accepted as that's a part of the job. But that's not prostitution, huh? See, in your mind, it's not, but it is. Quid pro quo is definitely prostitution. Exchange, that falls under trick. That falls under prostitute. Models, many times that they that they get paid, they get paid not to walk the runway, not to take pictures, but to cavort with rich men. Which would be AKA prostitution. <laughs> In 1949, Melamoro struggling to make ends meet. Trick. Which a lot of women are doing today. And behind closed doors, they're taking dates, a.k.a. date right there. Date is right there under, under the, the definition of slang term of sexual activity. Date is right there. They take dates in order to make ends meet. AKA trick. It says struggling to make ends meet as an actress got paid $50 to pose nude for a calendar. Sounds like OnlyFans to me. It says here she worked as a pinup and according to the according to some as a what prostitute before becoming an internationally recognized sex symbol and box office sensation and married several times. There goes the spectrum. Coach, where's, okay, look. Gentlemen, where does she fall? She's been married. She's had a husband. Joe DiMaggio married Marilyn Monroe, if I'm not mistaken. What is she? I'll wait. In your one-dimensional world and outlook of relationships and marriage, what is she? See, this is what a lot of the people that you're participating with in the dating marketplace, male or female, this is what you guys are dealing with today. You guys are trying to say a person is this, but in the reality, in the grand scheme of things, a person could be any type of person, depending on what day or time you reference them. But you all think you're doing it differently. You're doing it the same. You're with the same people. One day she's over here, one day she's over here. One day you're over here, one day you're over here. It's the same transaction, it's the same game, and it all involves sex and money and transaction, period. Same thing with marriage. She married Joe DiMaggio. Did she marry a bum? Why did she marry Joe DiMaggio? He had a hitting streak, period. He, she didn't marry a bum. Women typically don't marry bums. They marry men right here, okay? And I'm going to go back as a reference, a point of reference. Let me show you this again. They marry men who, going back to the old courtship article, right here, and with the family's blessing, they whittled their pickings down to more suitable matches for marriage, not the men that they liked, suitable matches, which heavily relied on factors such as financial and social status. Trick. That's not tricking, though. That's not prostitution, though. In your mind, you basically can separate those two. 
And that's what you're doing. And I'm telling you, you're crazy. <laughs> you, you are out of your mind. You might try to try, try to tell me I'm trying to do something, but I'm telling you, you're crazy. It's the same game. Okay, continuing on here. Continuing on. In the Bible, we're going to bring up the church. We're going to bring up the Bible, in which the Bible has hinted at several times as what you will be have references of prostitutes, in which now they're saying these people aren't. Mary Magdalene, what does the Bible say about Mary Magdalene? We only have one hint at Mary Magdalene's life before she followed Chiste himself when he cast seven, seven demons out of her as Luke 8 and 1 through 3 says. Now, let me go back to seven demons. Chiste himself cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. I'll wait. What demons do you think he was casting out of her? One of these on the right here, one of your little pie charts, all these lives that she led. She was letting the demons up out of her. She was this woman here, then she was this woman here, then she was this woman, then this woman, then this woman, and this woman. Then finally, he made her the woman she needed to be when he showed up. The same as husbands do when they take a vow to their wife. Her previous life is cast out of her. And she becomes then a wife. But previously, in these streets, this is just a metaphor. Continuing on with the lesson. Mary Magdalene does a complete turnaround. I've flown myself to Paris. I've done Greece. I've island hopped. I've done all of that. She does a complete turnaround. So she became the woman that she needed to be only when the right man showed up or the right spirit. And he cast all those demons away and said, you're no longer that. You, my wife. In these streets. She does a complete turnaround and then follows her husband, or follows Chiste, as we call him here, for the rest of his ministry, a.k.a. that sounds close to a marriage, brothers. What else do we know about her? Mary Magdalene, among a couple of other women, financially supported Jesus and the disciples. Sounds like trick. Somebody was getting tricked. Mary Magdalene, among with a couple of other women, financially supported Chiefs and the disciples. And she was also the one who witnessed Jesus's death and was the first person to see him resurrected. That's interesting. The person that he cast the demons out, this is a pseudo marriage, by the way, but there were other couple of women too. Sound like, hmm. So Jesus had a couple of women financially supporting him. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll let you guys draw your own conclusion on that. And she likely awaited to the, the descent of the Holy Spirit after Jesus ascended. <laughs> See, we're waking you up, man, because you guys don't look this stuff up yourself. And of course, can't trust the Internet. 
You guys don't look at this stuff yourself. And then you guys come up with your own definitions of stuff based on modern stuff. And you guys think you're doing it differently. And it's been all the same. I'll wait. Let's go ahead and give you this one right here. We'll give you another Bible story. Delilah. Now, Delilah and Samson have been intertwined together. Samson was a great purveyor of the oldest profession. Um, Samson was a trick. Samson definitely was a trick. All right. According to the modern definition, he was a trick. And he liked to go to the prostitutes. Now, Delilah associated with him because she was a beautiful Philistine woman in which Samson loved him some Philistines. He didn't like his own tribe of women. He loved the Philistine women. And so he liked to visit the Philistine women and he was highly seduced by the Philistine women. And the only woman in Samson's story who was named was loved by Israel's last and most colorful judge, Samson. It was no secret that Samson was a guileless, but I believe it says, uh, but for every guileless, I'm not sure what that is. He says, there is that one woman who can tame him. I believe that's a trick. They were saying he's a trick. But one woman who can tame him, tame him. And Samson, and Samson, we are told, fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Hold tight. However, nowhere does it say that this gold digger of Sorak loved Samson. So there was an arrangement made. Wait a minute. He found a woman he fell in love with, but because he fell in love with her, doesn't mean that she was in love with him. And that's you. And they developed a relationship. Now, let's find out what her motives were. Because let's go back to this. It says right here, women would meet with several men with her parents present to whittle down the pickings to the most suitable mate for marriage, not the biggest attraction, which heavily relied on factors such as financial and social status, which today people get married on, which would make somebody a trick. No, no. You're still going to separate that. There's still love involved, right? Here it says there's no love involved. Heavily relied on factors. Financial. Trick. And social status. Trick. Continuing on with uh, Delilah. Delilah was later urged by the rulers of the Philistine to lure Samson into revealing the source of his strength. With the purpose that they would pay her handsomely if she delivered him to them. Trick. Trick. Now, the Bible does not call Delilah a prostitute. The Bible does not call her a prostitute. In fact, she's not working as a prostitute. But she has been promised handsomely if she delivers. What is she? What is this? What, what type of relationship do you call this, Mr. I do it better than you? What do you call this? Where do you put this on your pie chart? Mr. This is separate from this and I do it. Where is this woman? 
<laughs> is she a prostitute? Is she a girlfriend? Is she working on behalf of the government? Is she voluntarily married? What is she? See, you guys will try to one-dimensionalize these things when you cannot. So Samson's not paying her, but she's getting paid to be in a relationship, meaning she's going she's gonna to financially benefit from being in a relationship, a.k.a. what people would call courting back in the day, a.k.a. the parents with the parents present, they would whittle down the pickings to the most suitable mate for marriage. Continuing on with Delilah. The Philistines were led by five men of equal authority, and each man promised Delilah shekels of 1,100 silver if she could deliver. Meaning, if she could bring this man to the altar. <laughs> if she could bring this man to the altar, she would get paid for it. I'll wait. She would get paid by virtue of her relationship with this man. This sounds like a marriage of convenience. This sounds like a transactional relationship. This sounds like trick. This sounds like an incentivized courtship relationship related to trick. Financial. Financial. At the end, there's a financial incentive to be with Samson. The government will pay Delilah to get into a relationship with this man. Who was the trick? Sounds like Samson was. Some scholars say in modern money, this would be about $15 million in total. Total, Delilah agreed. Okay. So that's another example there. What's another example? Let me give you another one, and then we'll go some more Super Chats. If I marry someone and they change their appearance, meaning I married you to be this, but later on you became that. But I have a financial investment in you, which means, I mean, I must be getting sex from you, and I must support you in some sort of financial way, emotionally and so forth. If you change the terms of the deal, meaning you began to gain weight or you change who you are, does that violate the contract? That would violate the contract in just about every circumstance except for marriage. What's the definition of trick? A cunning or skillful act or scheme intended to deceive or outwit someone. Deceive or outwit someone by skill, by cunning or skillful. In this case, you have been convinced to accept the deal in which the wife could change her appearance over time and that you cannot leave the relationship. You still have to financially support this woman and you still have to rely on her exclusively for sex. As the one guy says, relationships are not about sex. I don't know how you're getting there. How is this not tricking a person? According to the definition of 
trick. How is that not tricking you into a bad deal? Is that not deceit? Is that not, that's not deceit? That's not cunning. I know I can change who I am, but you still have to accept me and pay for it. That sounds like a horrible contract. But we participate in this because you're taught that you think this is traditional, but this is anything but traditional. This is a modern concept that you've adopted, and it is full participation in trick. You got tricked. You got deceived. You bought in, you paid, and guess what? You're stuck in the deal. That's new. This is a new concept. It had nothing to do with tradition, but you guys have made this traditional, and it has nothing to do with tradition. This is brand new concept that you have been accepting, okay? I'm going to give you another one for the pump and dumpers. For the pump and dumpers, because I'm getting everybody's ass today. Again, we're all on the same level, but you think you're better than me. Go ahead. Go ahead. But you're playing in the same game we are, guys. Withdrawing consent during intercourse. That sounds like a cunning or skillful act or scheme intended to deceive or outwit someone. Trick. Trick. So during, it says right here, earlier this month, the Supreme Court of California confronted an important issue about how grape should be defined under the law. In the People versus John Z, the court held that a woman who initially consents to sexual intercourse does not thereby give up her right to end the encounter at whatever point she chooses. Trick. Trick. A cunning or skillful act or scheme intended to deceive someone. Or, in slang terms, buddy, date. So at any point, a person can change her mind after initially consenting at any point, that means 48 hours later, she can change her mind. In other words, when a woman tells her partner to stop and he forces her to continue, he is guilty of grape. One could imagine difficult factual variations in which the woman communicates it, communication is ambiguous or her partner's compliance almost, but not quite immediately. The basic ruling, however, should not be controversial. See, this, this is what happens when you open Pandora's box. See, previously, sexual interaction did not typically happen without marriage. See, without marriage, you depended on courtship in which the person would whittle down the pickings of the most suitable mate. The family would be included, and it heavily relied on financial and social status. But we'd open Pandora's box to what we call dating, in which most people look at dating as tricking. And they looked at the recipients of the dating in as whores. It says it right here in this New York Times or New York Post article. But now that we've opened that up, that has now opened up the possibility of now withdrawing consent, even after giving consent. It sounds like a trick. So no one's playing a different game. We're all playing the same game. See, this is the point of the show. See, I've been a variety of people. Okay, in this one-dimensional look of things, coach has been on the spectrum. I've been the good guy. 
I've been a gentleman pursuer. I've been the husband. I've been the father. I've been in relationships. I've been in these streets. In these streets. I've been out here. I got money. I've been on the spectrum. So has a lot of men. You've tried a bunch of things. You've tried PUA. You tried dating. You tried not dating. You tried. I got money. You tried to be a player. In these streets. You've tried to be all these things. But what you, one thing that doesn't uh, change is that you're trying to transact sex however best way you want to transact it. The bottom line of it is you're going to have to break bread or you're going to have to put yourself in a situation in which you can be tricked or she can be tricked. 100%. It all has the same thing. And that's what I would tell you. As a husband, I got tricked. I got tricked into a marriage. And then she changed. And then I had to pay. As a guy who is a father, I got produced seed in which now I'm understanding that now that my kids are entering into teenage years, it's costing me a lot of money, a ton of money. Anybody that has been a parent and got into a relationship and produced children will realize that the financial game is going to be open like a leaky faucet. You're going to be constantly spending money. And that was all because I wanted to procreate. It was all because I wanted kids. And you're constantly spending money. Is that tricking? The result of relationship cost me to spend money. Like crazy. It's nonstop. That's a transactional relationship. No. That's not a re transactional relationship. And that's That's you. different. Okay, dating. Dating. Constantly have to spend money. Babysitting. Time. PUA courses. Clothes. Outfits. Restaurants. Tinder premium. But you're different. You're doing it morally correct. See, that's the problem. You're doing the same thing that the other man does over here with marriage. The same guy over here that's tricking. It's the same game. Courting. Same game. High morality. <laughs> the high morality game doesn't work over here, guys. You're doing the exact same thing. Dating. I'm sorry. Um, You move in. Cohabitation. Pump and dump. Pump and dump. You're pushing on Tinder. You're pushing on coffee dates. You're pushing on walking through the park. You're pushing on time investment. Same freaking game, period. Point blank. I'll take a break and we'll go into the. Um... Yeah, for some reason, my Etsy store, I don't know if they took down the stuff because I just went on there and I was like, what? I'm going to have to give you the direct link. You're all doing the same thing. Peace leave, make the world go round. How you do it is no more different than how the next man does it, but you're better. All right. I, I want to eliminate that. If I can eliminate that one thing in the sphere, because I've been all men. I didn't try it at all, gentlemen. And at the end, I look at it and said money going to have to be spent or excessive amount of time going to be have to be spent either way. But what part of the better deal do I want to be in? Shout out to Robert Moreno says goat. Oh, I, I skipped somebody. 
Uh, thank you. Christopher Surdak says the only real difference between a trick and a wife is that the trick is motivated to perform. Family court rewards the wife for not performing. So that's the whole idea of I married, I'm morally doing it the right way. However, she still has a financial incentive. And then she doesn't perform and you still have to pay. Now, I think that's outright disastrous. But if you're going to go back to just I have a biblical marriage, I can't speak on that. Okay, but your biblical marriage requires you to overwhelmingly trick and get zero results. And then you have to somehow justify why you're continuing the relationship while I'm continuing under God. All right. Okay. Okay. You're, you're a better man. I'm continuing because it's better for my community. Okay. Yeah, but you're still tricking though. <laughs> it, it still is a financial incentive because I'm going to tell you one thing. Remove the finances from that relationship. And I'm going to tell you what happens to your marriage immediately. She's gone. Wife gone. So you guys that are morally in stuck in relationships because you have some Bible principle or you feel good as a man and you're doing the right thing for humanity. Immediately stop supporting that woman and she's out of there. That one part right there shows you and defines tricking. Because if I go to a prostitute and immediately say, no, I want it for free, guess what happens? <laughs> Remove divorce and divorce financial windfalls from marriage. Remove the fact that a wife can divorce you, get alimony and child support, and keep custody of the kid. What's going to happen? You won't see a woman sign up for marriage. No woman in the history. That's what marriages was based on from the beginning. Anybody that thinks I'm lying on that one, let's go back and define it. It says it right here. Heavily relied on factors such as financial and social status. Trick. Remove that from the marriage, you got zero marriages. <laughs> Women will be like, forget that. I can't divorce you. I can't get no money on the back end. They'll be like, forget it. Why would I do it? Matter of fact, bring up a prenup. What was the Robin Thick? Watch this. Robin Thick, Beyonce, prenup. Watch this. I'm going to show you. And these and, and there's people still going to argue about tricking. Watch this. Watch this. Robin Thicke's fiance. This is not her. April Love Geary or Jerry Gary says she won't sign a prenup. So she knows legally she has an advantage financially should she get married to Robin Thicke and should it end in divorce. She knows there's a financial windfall and she refuses to give it up. That would make this relationship a prostitute trick. trick. Definite, this is defined. <laughs> there's nothing about this relationship that would indicate love or anything else. This is a prostitute trick relationship. Come, 
Come on, gentlemen. Let's stop with the bullshit. Nothing blurried about it. They've been, they're in it for the long haul. April Lowe, Gary or Jerry has no plans to sign a prenuptial agreement ahead of her wedding with Robin Thicke. And this guy's still going to marry her. Does Robin want a prenup before marriage? A fan asked the model, the model, which is, which is basically another form of saying a prostitute. Okay. The industry of modeling is that actresses is that all right. At some particular point they will, uh, Madonna has said it. She slept her way to the top. Anyone in that industry has performed performed acts of prostitution. I mean, the mere act of selling yourself um, as a model for anything is a prostitutionary act. You got paid for it. Come on. Stop trying to blur lines, guys. Let's just call it what it is. She's 27 during a Q&A on her Instagram story to which she responded, I don't know, but I'm not signing one. Jerry then explained her reasoning, saying she has no doubt that she and Thick will stay together forever. <laughs> They're going to stay together forever. Are you kidding me? Who gets married under that idea? And who gets married as an entertainer to a younger woman? And while well, we're going to stay together forever, what are you talking about, divorce? Trick. Trick. <laughs> this is goofy. What are you talking about? He's not marrying anyone else after me. Yeah. How do you wait? How do you go from like the baddest bitch on the planet? Where do you go from there? What? I don't know what the guys that is nothing but trick written all over it. I would not. I would be out if I was Robert. Thicke. She's literally using him for the finances. And she's going to financially be incentivized should the marriage not work. She has an incentive to blow the marriage up. Eugene Morgan, if you're under 30, the CGA show is instructions on how to keep from destroying your life. If you're over 30, this show is a documentary of how your life has been destroyed 100%. Men are listening to me in quiet going, damn, that happened to me. Damn, that happened to me. No Drift says I started at 20. He says, uh, five years ago, nines and tens, most men dream about. Most men will never understand. Never be so focused and well-placed financially. Uh, congratulations. Didn't even notice these prices increase, uh, that these prices increases people moan about. For sure, man. It's, and you guys don't notice it. You guys um, have always looked at, oh, I want, a, I want a beautiful woman. How many people have to have real lives? That beautiful women belong to a transactional marketplace, primarily that you had had no financial reach to. Okay. So we call these women gold diggers, which I don't agree with that term. I don't agree with that term. Essentially, what these women are, they're not gold diggers. All right. And 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 what they are is because what you're what you're saying is I can't date them because I don't have money. <laughs> you mean they're prostitutes. Okay, and you're a poor man that can't afford her. She's not a gold digger. She's been transactionally marketed to the. Let's go back. I'm trying to teach you. I don't agree with the term gold digger. This is basically a transitional marketplace transaction in which beautiful people are on and rich men are on, and you ain't on it. You're broke. There's always been an incentive for women to associate with men. And the heavily the heavily factors heavily relied on financial and social status. 
They're not gold diggers. They just won a genetic lottery and they got choice. And if you don't have the money, you can't play. What is this called? Trick. What is that called? Trick. That called, that's called a transactional relationship. So if you've been going after women, oh, I wish I could have a woman like that. And you opened up Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. issue. You opened up the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And you said, boy, I wish I could have a woman like that, but I ain't got no money. Let's tell you what that's called. Trick. That's what it's called. Trick. And these people have been eluding you because you ain't got no money. What is that called? That's, that, if that's not prostitution, I don't know what is. If that's not highly attractive people leveraging their beauty in order to get better financial situation, what is that called? In your mind, you think that, 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 that that's outside of prostitution. It's the same thing. <laughs> now, let's just get this straight. If you don't want to call it prostitution, let's just call it what it is. All relationships boil down to transaction of money or time and peace leave. So let's just call it what it is. It might not be prostitution. That's why they call it the oldest profession. But what it definitely is, is a transaction of money, which he has the resources, and access to this woman. Okay. But it's not, in your mind, you think you're a better moral person because you have the ability to do so. It's all tricking. It's all transaction. All of it. Let's say you have genetic lottery as a male and you're able to transact that and turn that into a woman who wants to have your baby. She has your baby. You're not going to pay. I have news for you. Your ass is going to pay. <laughs> if she takes your seed, Mr. Chad, Tyrone, Pookie, or Ray Ray, and she sees you, and you're, you're the alpha male. You're the top dog. She opens her legs. You skeet down her birth canal. She births your baby. Sir, you are going to pay. You're going to realize the biggest trick of all time, which is the child support system. Trick. The child support system. Trick. If you're paying child support, you're a. Trick. If you're paying alimony, you're a. Trick. There's the definition right there. <laughs> you're not, you're paying for the past use of her birth canal and you're paying child support. You're a. Trick. That's an expensive bust. Every time you see that kid, that equals one busted nut. That doesn't equal a new nut busted. That kid is going to live forever, however long that kid's going to end uh, live. Every time you look at that kid, you pay every dollar you spend on that kid, or as a result, spend to the mom or get to the mom and child support. That's you pay for that one nut. <laughs> Guys. That is trick. You are a trick. Customer who purchased man or woman for the sexual purpose in exchange for money. That makes you a trick. One nut. Your child is one nut. Trick. You're one nut. Trick. $300,000 later. Trick. $300,000 later for that one nut. Trick. One busted nut costs you $300,000. Trick. You owe child support $15,000. Trick. 
You paid for her divorce attorney and to get divorced. You're a trick. How are you not a trick? That was for <laughs> people bad as hell as me. Man, this is, this is not true. I'm a high moral status person. I get women based on my looks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The morality issue in, in the manosphere. All right, where are we at here? Christopher Serdak, I didn't mean to skip you, sir. He says, there is a reason that social shame was used to keep female hypergamy in check for 200,000 years. 2022 is a mess because we ignore these lessons. Not only do we ignore them, we think what we've learned is actually the right way to do it. Because in your mind, no, I date women. I go up, I introduce myself to them. I'm a good man. I'm the gentleman suitor. I'm nice to her. I treat her like a lady. This is what's happening here. Okay, we'll show you the definition. This is what's happening. The gentleman caller. And then you tend to do what? Everything you see in a movie, R&B song, based on mythology, you basically become the gentleman. And then you treat her, no matter who this person is over here, this person previously could have been a prostitute. We've already acknowledged that. But because you're a gentleman and you have high morality, you're doing it right, no matter who this person is over here. And so you then start to say, well, she's different to me. So then your morality comes in and then covers up whoever she was. Remember, she's supposed to be virtuous. She's supposed to be free and clear of other men's seed. She's supposed to not have another man's seed. Like, this is, this is what a high moral relationship would look like. But no, you violate all of that. Well, she's got another man's kid. She's been in these streets. She used to sell herself. She's on seeking arrangements now. <laughs> and because you do it the gentleman caller way, I do it the right way, coach. Bullshit. You've paid for the remains of other men's conquests. That's what you're paying for. Go ahead, but do not call me. Do not come over here and call me names. You just paid for a bunch of other men to have freely conquested her, and you paid for the results of all that. I don't know what to tell you. Go ahead, though. <laughs> right? Go ahead and do what you do. Shout out to Bubba T. Thank you, brother. He says, hi. All right. C-Dub says pay, prepaid or contract. You're still paying the same bills. Still paying the same bills. If you pay for a woman's bill, you paid her cell phone bill. You bought her flat top. You know, her, her tires went out. You paid for it. You pay for an oil change. Anytime you have paid for this and you have sexual exclusive rights to her, a.k.a. marriage or what you call a relationship. Let's go back to the definition. Customer who purchases their woman's or the man for sexual purpose in exchange for money. Meaning you have, she has a financial incentive to be with you and exclusive rights sexually. What? <laughs> no, I don't pay for it. Okay, can she have sex with another man? Nope. How are y'all disassociating these two? But go ahead if you want to. I don't know, man. 
the heartbreak kid was in the DR for the weekend paying for peace leave. I got money. Have a good day, coach. <laughs> All right, shout out to you in the DR having fun. I got money. Uh, so, yeah, somebody mentioned open marriages and whatnot. I mean, open marriages are becoming a thing. Swinging is, okay, swinging is a thing, and they've always been a thing. If you have an open marriage, because other people are like, not me, man. My wife can do whatever she wants as long as I can do whatever she wants. Okay, when she comes home, who pays for the air conditioning? Y'all pay it equally? I mean, any dime that you pay is paying for it. So if you pay half the rent, you're still paying. But I'm not paying for her exclusivity, okay? You're paying for her to go give her stuff away for free, and then she'll return and give you some. Somebody says, what about a harem? What people don't understand about harems is that harems were intended to financially support women that you could have sex with. Many times they didn't. Many times they used them to do what? Raise the... So the, a harem, a woman can be in a harem and he could never be touched. She could never be touched by the man that has her, but she served another purpose. She had an employee relationship with the, the man. So if you have a big harem, doesn't mean you're having sex with all those women. Those women could be raising the other kids while the other women were off doing something else, but she was part of the harem. But you're paying for her to not have, I guarantee you, uh, they, this is why they had eunuchs guarding the women in the harem. So the eunuch's purpose was to make sure that while that man was paying for her, no other man would have access to her. So he's paying to guard her against other men. And he even had other men that didn't have sexual function that was guarding her from other men. That is payment. Come on, man. That's a transactional relationship. However way you boil it down, it's pay, pay, pay. And any guy that comes in here that says they don't pay, I got news for your ass. All right, I got news for you, man. All right, Moose Hefner says, I get it, coach. Instead of paying for peace leave, you're paying for food, etc. You're being tricked into payment for something, period, period. Whether you pay directly or indirectly, see, that's the conversation men are going to have. Well, I don't give it to her. Okay. Um, the, the dating industrial complex known as restaurants and flowers and movies, all these things exist for you to participate in what they call dating, which is a new concept in which keeps the wheel greased. You're greasing the wheel, allowing other men to participate. This is why we see that men are doing less dating and restaurants are closing left and right. Men are doing less marriages and the diamond industry is fumbling. That is a result of men not participating in dating. Right? We saw David's bridal go bankrupt. We're seeing jewelry industries go bankrupt. They're struggling. Why? Because nobody's participating in the transaction of buying jewelry for the mate. That's all going away. And what's happening? The industrial complex is suffering. Restaurants can't keep busy enough because people aren't taking stranger, strange women out to date. It's going away. So that is the same thing. You're putting money in to grease the wheel. Just because you didn't give it to her 
you gave it to the whole process that keeps this dating thing going. So it don't matter if you gave it to her or not. She still benefited from it. Same thing as online dating. If men left online dating uh, apps, there would be no women on online dating apps. Since men are leaving online dating apps, what are women doing? They're resulting to seeking arrangements. Because men are no longer going for the bullshit, right? And so men are they're, they're frustrated with dating apps. So what are women having to do? They're having to go participate in relationship, transactional relationships. Okay. Where we are. Where we at. Raul says intimacy in a relationship is the glue to it and is what holds it together. The more stronger there, wait, the more there is, the stronger or the less buzzer. I, I don't understand the, the last part, but intimacy is everything. When the intimacy goes, the relationship is terminated. But women can give, women can remain in a marriage because the marriage has nothing to do particularly with her ability to give you sex. It is all based on other factors. But you've got her exclusively for sex. She can't go give it to anyone else legally. However, she can maintain a marriage for years and not have sex with you. In her mind, you still have a legal marriage. Should she find out you're having sex outside of your marriage, even though she has not allowed you access to her in five years, she can still divorce you and win financially. What kind of game is that? What do you define that as? That sounds like a trick to me, <laughs> okay? That sounds like you're a big old goofy trick. The Quantum 36, I said this a few weeks ago, in times past, it was accept unacceptable for a man to marry, use peace leave. However, today is perfectly acceptable. Men should only marry virgins. Okay, that's another example of a time shifting and changing thoughts. And then in this time, we accept it. Yeah, it's okay to marry somebody who is not virtuous. When the whole idea of marriage in a white wedding and a white dress is that this woman's giving you her as a complete intact woman. That is the traditional view of marriage, which is far gone. The same thing can be said about what dating has become. And dating now is a farce, to be fair with you. It's now a farce. People don't, pe people barely participate in dating anymore. It's a farce. But when you trace back what dating came from, you'll realize it was a farce to begin with for you to believe that you were doing it morally right. You were still participating in tricking according to previous definitions of dating. Even the definition of trick has date in it. You've been hoodwinked and you've been made to believe that it's okay to do something on modern times when in previous times, it was not okay. You could not even qualify. Okay, so you change with the times. Doesn't mean it's any different. Visionary coach, I'm a special ed student in your class in India. The, bride, the bride's family pays the dowry to the groom's family. 
So that is the bride's, uh, not, that's not the bride's price. That's the dowry. The dowry, the bride's family pays the groom's family and says, take on all of this, whatever the woman is. I want you to take on this. And this is our payment to you. The bride price is the opposite in which the groom or the groom's family pays for the woman. So either way you slice it, there's a transactional relationship that has always gone on with marriage. Always gone on. What do you call that? In today's time, we would call that tricking or prostitution. And you separate the two because you throw this concept of love in there. Okay. It's still a transactional relationship. Moose Hefner, a date is basically a middleman to peace leave. You paid him indirect instead of her directly mic drop so yeah we kind of you said this earlier but that's what it is you paid the middleman to get access to her that would be the same as paying the pimp so the restaurant's the pimp here come here and you can have conversation with this woman come to my restaurant and i'll provide you all the aura and all the environment for you to have this conversation with this woman or she's not going to have a conversation with you outside of a restaurant have you guys experienced that? The woman says, you got to take me to a restaurant. You mean the pimp? I got to pay the pimp to talk to you. And so she leverages the restaurant industry, which keeps the wheel going. So you don't pay her, you pay the industry. And she leverages the pimp, aka the restaurant industry, all of these industries to get your ass to sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> but I don't pay or I'm doing it the right way. I'm the, I don't, instead of a pimp, I go to the restaurant. <laughs> Ghost logger. I let the demons out of a divorce. Kaylee every Monday. He says, pray for me, coach and give me the buzzer, but she's divorced. You're releasing the demons. Don Juan says every, even Christ opted out of marriage and he is a God. Yeah. He didn't get married. He was rather old and young. He was in his 30s. Somebody says, what is the right way? The right way is to acknowledge. There is no right way. See, what people want to be is morally right in the transaction. Now, depending on your faith or your spirituality, you do as you want to do. See, what we've done is we let times change and redefine everything. And then we basically say, well, that's what we did in the olden days. In the olden days and forever, relationships were based on transactions. This idea of, I've, I've broken this down. This idea of romance is a very new concept in which people can get together and attach romantically when previously that had very little indication on what's seen. So you want to be morally right. That's what people want to do. Well, that's based on who you are as a human being or your spirituality or your walk in faith. There is no right way. Here's, the, here's what it boils down to. If you didn't have no money, you wasn't getting nothing. <laughs> that's what's happened. And that applies today. When a woman says you got to have six figures and be six foot, does that sound like she wants love? Does that sound like she's a gold digger? What is she? Does that sound like she's a prostitute? What is it? What do you define that as? I define it as a transactional 
relationship. And it's no different from a bride price. It's no different from a dowry. It's really no different from prostitution. It's really no different from being a gold digger. Because we're all doing the same thing. In order for you to get better access to women, what do you got to do? You got to go to places where you're going to get better access to women, a.k.a. Uh, restaurants, better communities, better neighborhoods. You're going to pay better rent. You're going to drive a better car. You're going to get better clothes. What is that called? A transactional. You're getting access to these people transactionally. Am I? Okay. <laughs> he says, you don't understand. Love starts at six feet. Yeah. If you're in a poor neighborhood, you're going to get poor quality in terms of looks, education, class, weight, uh, health. You're going to get less quality people in poor neighborhoods. So if you're in a poor neighborhood, that's what you have access to. Sure, it's going to be cheaper. Sometimes it's going to be free. Sometimes the government's going to be attached to that, to that person. So if you knock her up, you treat her wrong, the police agencies going to be called if you beat her up you're going to pay for that and you're paying or you're trans you're you're getting it for free but it's less quality the minute you move to a middle class neighborhood and you plunk down for better real estate you go into a higher tax bracket you're in the squeaking you're paying to get better access to better women that is payment into the entire thing then you get better access to them. Or if you want to go a step higher, you want to date models, highly attractive women, you're going to start moving in that circle. You're going to start paying for a better lease on your car. <laughs> you're going to start taking them to better restaurants. You're going to start taking them to better trips. That is payment. That is a transaction you made in order to get access to these type of people. Sounds like tricking to me. The minute you plunk down, or you can say for my Porsche, the minute you plunk down for the Porsche and the women can jump in your car and you can go zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds and their panties get wet in my seat, what happened? The minute you put on your Jordans and you get your hair lined up, that is then now participating because you think women like Jordans or you think women like these type of clothes. That is participating in the, you're greasing the wheel. You've transacted to catch her eye. But do as you may. Air, uh, and let me see here. Eric says, Mary guys now call their programming morals and insist that they are different or better. He says, made their chains rest lightly. All right. Yeah, th this is the whole morals conversation. Well, I got married and I did it. So this is a moral conversation you're having. So you're not trying to debate whether this is not payment. Somebody says, this is the black pill. This ain't no black pill. I'm basically giving you reality, and I use history to back myself up on this one. Now, you can use whatever you want to try to dispute me. But you took a moral decision, but you didn't debate whether money was involved. Did you change the argument to, what well, I'm not paying? No, I want you to say, I'm married, I'm not paying. Not, I'm a better human being. 
for paying this way. Right? Because if this is a moral argument, then it's a whole conversation. But if this is, I got to get the cash out, brother. Sorry. But if this is a argument about who's paying, we're all paying, sir. All of us. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> okay. But if you just want to say you're a better man, have at it. XL Pro Services is over there. He says, uh, peace is priceless. Peace is priceless. And that's what a lot of guys, they're willing to pay for peace. I'll pay for peace. Uh, Sia M says, shout out to the coach gang. Yes, indeed. Sia says, also, a trick is a trick is a trick. I often try try to always say, have that conversation. Trick. And try to bring, because the guys will reference their pimping. And I was like, pimping sleep? Pimp sleep with their prostitutes. What does that make him? Is that is he a smarter man? Because we always say, no, I'm pipping. I'm pipping these girls. I'm playing them. Okay, you guys sleep with prostitutes on the low. You would have to if you're pumping dumping. I mean, you would have to. You're not sleeping with virtuous women. We know that. So you can eliminate virtuous women out of there. You're sleeping with people who interact on some sort of spectrum in which they sell a bit and they buy a bit. They're Mary Magdalene over here. Then they're Marilyn Monroe over here. So if a pimp sleeps with his prostitute, he's interacting with Mary Magdalene's who are being supported by other men and she's supporting another man and he's dipping his ink, his pen in the same ink. What does that make him? If that's his sole use of getting women, because he doesn't separate those women. He doesn't say, these are my hoes and I never sleep with them and I sleep with good women over here. He basically is got getting the, his, his, his nuts busted from the same women that are selling themselves. What is that woman? What is that man? You got to bet you don't have a category for that guy. But you look up to him as he has some sort of advantage in the world. He doesn't. He has to get he has to get it the same way other men are paying for it. But he's you get what is it? What does that make him? <laughs> Not only that, he has to house them, feed them with money that she made through her body. He has to house them, feed them, support them, make sure that they're healthy. What does that make him? That sounds like a marriage to me. That sounds like a marriage. That sounds like an open marriage to me. That's what that sounds like. He said he's making money off of them. But does he, they don't leave his sight. He has to be their security. He has to protect them. He has to make sure that they are healthy. He has to make sure that they come back alive. He has to get his sex from them. Is he a better human being? Does he got some knowledge that you need? See, nobody, nobody ever talks about that. He's getting it from the same quality of woman that you're getting it from. That's the spectrum we talk about. He says a sex is successful business adventure. Hey, it's, somebody said pimping is definitely a marriage. Pimping, pimping is definitely an open marriage. That's what that is. All right, and he has more responsibility over the woman than you do. That sounds like a husband to me, or that sounds like some sort of supervisor or protector of security. All right, Glenn F. 
When I try to explain to men that all relationships with women are transactional, I get the blank stare like they can't process the concept. It's sad. They can't do it. They literally will compartmentalize the whole thing. I don't pay. What do you mean pay? And then in the same breath, these guys will call women gold diggers. Okay, if those women are gold diggers, what, what is that? If they're gold diggers, what, what, what would you call what they do? Okay, if you can't get the women who are gold diggers because you don't have the money, what would you call what they do? When they get into a relationship, what is that? Okay, let's take the gold diggers out. Let's take the women that just say you got to make 100 grand a year. What do you call them? <laughs> I mean, literally. And they say, I want a husband who's financially stable. What do you call that? What is the definition of that? Okay, when you go back to courting, when you go back to bride price, when you go back to um, dowry, what do you call that? That is a transactional relationship. If a wife divorces her husband that lost his job and monkey branches to another man that has a job, what do you call that? If you're saying women are going to leave you if you lose your job, that means he's transacting the relationship as long as he has his job and financial stability. What do you call that? That's not a transactional relationship? <laughs> I don't know, man. But, you know, we do a good job of separating things or we put morality in it or we put a religious spin to it and we make ourselves feel better. Okay, any husband in here, tell your wife for the next two years, will, you will not be paying for a bill or rent in your marriage. And I'll show you a transactional relationship in T minus two or three months. Even if you're paying half the rent and she's paying a half, tell her you're not going to pay your half. Under any circumstance, I guarantee you, you don't have a marriage relatively soon. And you will find out that your, your marriage relied heavily on the transaction of money. <laughs> She's out. Tell your wife you're never, or your girlfriend, you're never taking her on another date. You're not going to pay for a damn thing. Tell her that. And she will be out. So what is the relationship about? your time. It's okay, honey. As long as you spend time with me, I don't care about the money. Is that what you want to hear? I guarantee you, you won't hear it. 90% of you won't hear it when you give her that response. She might put up with it for about 60 days. And then she's going to tell her girlfriend, she's going to tell her girlfriend, you know, my husband stopped paying the bill. My boyfriend stopped taking me out on dates. He said, he's not going to pay no more. I have to finance the whole thing. Her girlfriends will talk her smooth out of the transaction. It will be immediately over. She will come back in less than 60 days and she will turn in her relationship card. Somebody says, Coach, a dowry is payment as the money property given by the girl's family to the man to the man marrying her to ensure that she is taken care of. Yes, I understand the difference between dowry and bride price. And so there is an incentive for the man. But yeah, he has to use that money. He's going to run out of that dowry money asapidly. That sounds like a pimp relationship to me. 
but he's using that money to take care of that woman, right? Or he's using that money to then say, for instance, the, the, the family has land and the family husband has prepared her to be a wife and he needs a man because if he doesn't have a son or he needs to have the, the daughter do something, what is he going to have her work on the farm the rest of her life? At some particular point, he can't pass that farm on to his legacy. So he needs a man to put babies in this woman and not just any guy. He needs a guy that understands how to take care of that farm, put babies in this woman, and then therefore pass the farm on. So what does he do? He gets his daughter. He finds a suitable mate. He pays that mate. They Or he gives that man the farmland as property because at that time, women couldn't own property. He gives that man property a.k.a. the land, and he keeps the land in the family. That's why you would use a dowry. You would subsidize the marriage in the form of a dowry for that reason. Now, the minute men stopped owning land and farms and we became less agricultural, the less you needed a dowry. The more we per, uh, moved into feminism and equal rights and women being not viewed as property, and that, that once we start moving away from that and we got less agricultural, Less, less a dowry made sense. You no longer had to incentivize for men. The more we moved into relationships and as being romantic, and the way we removed courting and, and pit and put dating in its place, the less you needed a dowry because the father's no longer involved. There's no dowry if the father is not helping the woman make the choice. The woman's making the choice on her own. And as a matter of fact, since women have been making a choice in their own men. They have been the least successful in the history of time in choosing mates. They have had so much divorce, breakup, and single motherhood since we got rid of courting and instituted dating because it's prostitution. Since we got rid of fathers incentivizing the daughter or the daughter's mate, we've had more divorce and more single motherhood. Since we moved into romance as and love as the one means of attaching ourselves to human beings, Instead of transactions, we've had more divorce, more failures, more domestic violence, more everything. It's been an absolute catastrophe. But it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But you can't beat me on these facts. Domain stick them. I paid my child support, but it ain't tricking. Nah. <laughs> he says it ain't tricking. Nah, Sean. All right, you're not tricking. So you're paying for the past use. All right, Raul says, Coach, what's your take on the belief that a woman can never truly be a wife if she's not a virgin at marriage? Um, That's a spiritual argument to me. Okay, biologically there's and spiritually or psychologically, there's less ability to pair bond. That's been proven. That's been proven by women psychologists and male psychologists. If a person has been had sexually by multiple people in terms of women, they cannot pair bond in that way. Now, I, I just showed you the evidence of this last week of a female writing this. She's a female psychologist, and she referenced biology in that term. Now, you can accept that or not. I know this to be true. Okay, but... In terms of virgin at marriage, 
that's a spiritual belief because biblically the term virgin is not what we apply to the term virgin today. Virgin, I think biblically has been, she's never been married before, but also context needs to be put in a young, uh, let's go back to the word teenager. A woman was considered a woman, not at teenage years, but young adulthood. Teenage is a new concept. So there's not, there was no such thing as a teenager biblically. That was a adult, 14, 15, 16. Matter of fact, you can look back at who they call the Virgin Mary. And she was most likely between the age of 13 and 15. So if we apply these old things to new modern times and we say a woman at 30 can be married and she could have an attachment to you, that could that's absolutely false. There's no possible way that she could be that old and still harbor these thoughts and connections with you. She can form an attachment to you. She can get married legally to you, but she's far too old and probably been used in a way that would prevent her to possibly pair bond with you. It's way past those times. We've pushed this age of young adulthood way too far. Way too far. We think young people is 25. You're not young. I'm sorry to tell you. We think teenagers are children. Sorry, that's not true. Teenagers are adults. They've always been seen as adults. They've never been seen as children, and I proved that earlier. I proved that earlier when you wanted to see it because I know a lot of people came in later. The term teenager is a new concept. It says during the 1944, Americans started to use the word teenagers to describe the place of youth in their society. From the very beginning, it was a marketing term that recognized the spending power of adolescence. Says right here, um, a teenage mindset dawned in the 1920s. Teenagers were almost always in Jew in Jewish culture, 13 adult. Um, the um, I keep missing the word. Sweet 16 symbolizes a dawn into adulthood. What is the uh quinceanera in Latina culture? 15 symbolizes a transition from a Young child into adulthood, not teenager. <laughs> okay. There's teenager is a misnomer gap that people have extended from 14 to 30. So for some reason, teenager now in modern times is age 14 to 29. Now we push this 16, 18, 21. What the hell is it, bro? Quinceanera is a um, let me see here. Age 15, I believe. Kinsey. Bar mitzvah and bar bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah. For young women, I believe it's 14. Bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah is 13 for young boys. That puts you into the adult category. You can work, produce children, produce everything. You can have your own farm. You can probably own property at these ages. But for some reason, in modern time, we push this shit way past until age 28, and everybody's still young and dumb. And it's a misnomer. The same as you can be pure and attached to people after riding a carousel so for some 15 years. No. <laughs> you can't. 
But in our world, anything goes. So have at it. All right. But I'm just going to break it down to what's going on here. But again, Virgin was a previously unmarried woman, I think, biblically. Somebody says, good luck, good luck getting a corporate job at 17. Again, corporate jobs is a new concept. Before corporate jobs, we had industrial jobs and we had agriculture in which men and women can fully participate in. Corporate life is what? More slavery, slavism, right? And it became competitive because, you know, you don't have to work as hard. But I guarantee you, a young boy not that long ago could go to a car mechanic shop and he can say, I'm 16, I'm 15, and I know how to fix cars because I fix cars with my older brother or my father, and they would hire his ass on the spot because he knew what it took to get something done. Irrelevant. Age was irrelevant. Probably 50, 60 years ago, that could happen. So who needed corporation then? He needed, he had a skill. Here we go. Shout out to Jack Deckard, Deckard, Deckard. We're going to call him Jack Jack. <laughs> yeah, same as, uh, Kids that work in Asia in sweatshops. I guarantee you there's 12, 13, 14-year-old kids working in sweatshops. Why? And now our culture looks at that, and you said you're doing that to those kids. But their culture looks at it as teenagers aren't kids. These are adults. They need to produce. So much so, let me just get this, and I'll get to Jack. Young teenagers today in America don't have to do jack shit and live up under your house, feet stanking, and all they do is take their ass to school. And you pay for the entire damn thing. Matter of fact, not just teenagers, men and women in their 20s do that right now. This is how far we've gone off the rail. These people can wear your clothes and shoes and you finance their entire damn life all the way up until age 30. And then we have the nerve to be looking at other cultures who have their kids producing because they're not kids, they're adults and they're physically capable. We look at them as doing it wrong and you got 25-year-olds with no job, feet stinking, and the parents are financing the whole thing. Or they're financing some of it. They're financing some of it. All your kids do is play football. And they're teenagers. They go to school and play football. They got no job. You're hoping they get a scholarship. And you finance the whole damn thing. Meanwhile, other kids are working at In-N-Out, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. <laughs> And they still don't know a damn thing. So this is how far we've gotten off the rail. So you look at other cultures that have their teenagers, their young adults producing, and your kids over here don't do shit. <laughs> make it make sense. Teaching them education. We want you to get educated. 
So I don't want you to work. It's crazy. So Jack Descard says, hey, coach, the ladies are waiting for us to make it legal. The upside, the average Joe will be able to afford it. And you're absolutely right. So now the push is making prostitution legal. And women are pushing it. Why are they pushing it? Because men are no longer getting legally married enough. They need another way to be able to finance themselves. And also, they don't want to get legally married. They're like, it's going to be an L for them. So what's a better what's a better win? As long as they're we're not going to get married and the man's going to not finance them, they can stay independent, but they can sell sex on the side. So don't come over here and be mad, okay, at me. This is what your women are pushing. Not all of them. They're pushing this, which is going to make tricking another form of legal prostitution along with marriage, along with dating. Channel 1800 Dump says, shout out to the coach and the gang. He says, no I in marriage, fellas. And if you beat that, like 18 years I lasted and find a cheap professional, I have no ill will towards you or anything cheap. Protect yourselves, young men. Protect yourselves. Protect yourselves. Rare Cuisine Gaming Coach got a new sound on the board. Hit that trick. Hit whoop that trick. Let's hit that trick. Trick. I'm going to have to get that on the soundboard. Shout out to them. Uh, 8JT says, I've learned more listening to the coach in a year than I have in all of my schooling and my job. Hashtag free agent. Yeah, we free your mind over here. I'm open-minded about a lot of things. I'm closed-minded about a lot of things. So. But I'm open-minded. I'm basically getting you to realize, hey, now, if you want a morality conversation, that's a whole different conversation, right? Right? I get that. If you want to be seen as the better male and the better person, we can have that conversation. But what you cannot do is try to tell me it's different. I, I got too many pieces of evidence to show you it's not. And I have history on my side. <laughs> I have history and evidence on my side. If you want to get into a moral conversation, all right, we can do that and say, which one is the better person? Like, like for instance, a person will say, you'll be lo- more likely to get killed in a trick prostitute relationship, or you'll be more likely to catch an STD in a trick prostitute relationship. Uh, first of all, that is a myth. There is no way. Watch Snap, Dateline, husbands and wives off each other all the time. You actually keep, you are immune to that one. People in relationships delete and self-delete all the time. People in relationships beat each other up all the time. So you're telling me it's worse over here? Num- number one. Number two, STDs in the regular normie atmosphere are raging. You're telling me that's the only way a person who's incentivized to make sure she's healthy is over here better than the women in the normie selection? You're telling me women in the normie selection have zero STDs? And the only STDs you're going to find are women that work in prostitution? (laughs) You're kidding me, right? You're kidding me. That conversation can get debunked immediately. All I got to do is pull up Dateline episode after episode after episode of girlfriends and boyfriends, wives and husbands deleting each other. And you seem to forget you're imagining Cardi B drugging some dude and robbing him. 
Meanwhile, people get robbed in marriages all the time. All the time. People get STDs in marriages and in proper context relationships all the time. Stop it. I say stop that. Shout out to Cormega, says CGA class in session. Yes, indeed. Jo- Tony Johnson, Jack went into the shack and Jack got his Jack shacked. Jack can't wait to go back to the shack. Jack got. I got money. Yes, he does. Cormago says a biblical version was a young maiden who had never been a man, been with a man sexually. So, yeah, whatever context you want to have that in. But I guarantee you, she wasn't older than 16. <laughs> when they said marriage in the Bible, they weren't talking about 42 year old women. I can almost guarantee that. They weren't talking about 30-year-old women. I can almost guarantee that. And I wasn't there, but I can almost guarantee they weren't talking about 26-year-old women. (laughs) I mean, almost guaranteed. They were probably talking about young adults because that person was more likely to not have been sharing sexually with another man. They're talking about young, fresh, and green. That's what they're talking about. Young, fresh, and green. Not 26, and she just happened to be a. (laughs) Anybody want to debate me on that? Please be willing to provide proper biblical context. All right, not 29, not 32. I can guarantee it ain't that. He's got it right. A young maiden. All right, uh, where we had here, Channel 1800 says, it's hard out here for a pimp, coach. It's hard out here for a pimp. It's hard out there. Brandon Whitefull says, hold the GD line, gentlemen, free agent, till the fat lady sings. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. Shout out to you guys for that one. Anyway, anyway, man, this has been a great show. We got it, man. Two hours and 25 minutes. Went overtime on this one. But look, you know, if you're in your feelings about this, if you're like, you're just trying to justify, okay, or you're you're having a moral conversation. I can't, I can't dispute that. If you want to bring your religion in, I can't, I can't dispute that. I've already proved, I've already used history to define what I'm doing. And if you just missed it, rewind the show. I've actually showed you historically what you're doing today was probably considered prostitution in, in the past. And we just changed the concept. And we just change it to where it was like, this is not really transactional and it's actually still transactional. All right. So, but, but um, if you want to be the better human being argument, feel free. All right. Feel free. I'm not trying to be a better human being than you. I'm just basically trying to realize we're all in the same game. All right. Shout out to you brothers, man. Appreciate y'all for being here. And we out of here brothers. Where we at here? Let's get you some outro. Peace. (laughs) 